taste of dragon's gaming podcast. We eat sandwiches and play games. Taste of dragon's gaming podcast. A podcast for everyone's day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Taste of Dragons, the Toddcast, the video game podcast that all you investors listen to. This week, in the Pathless Valley, the rookie animal puts on a show. The news is hedging its bets. Our topic is backlogs. And our dragon this week is living vicariously. Visionaries, Kardik and Guha Bala. And as always, I'm the guy who farms in a game to escape reality, Brian. And I'm just a first baseman staring at the lights, unaware of the baseball that's about to peg him in the head. My name is Troy. Tumpta, tumpta. My name is Manda. My name is Lewis, the guy who plays games way too late for anyone to watch. And I'm the one waiting for the dance master, Pave. Joe. Ooh, Pave. Pave. <laughs> hey, guys. Another week? Yeah. <laughs> another dollar. Ooh, another dollar. Uh, how you guys been doing this week? Hmm. I'm fine, man. I yeah. like that Joe and I both threw out dandy words. I liked I liked Pava. I I thought it was real dandy with Tompta, but but Pava's real good. Um, what does Pava mean? Yeah, what is, is that? I, I thought that was a character words. from a game or something. Yeah, what? it was a uh, Pave, the guy, the carnival dancer. The carnival dancer. I'm sure Joe will talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I oh, okay. Will. We all good. highfalutin up in this place now. <laughs> oh man, I look forward to it. Do some high kicks and whatnot. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? Let's get into our games this week. Do, 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 do. What are you playing? And Troy, would you like to start us off this week? Oh, hell yeah, Brian. I played MLB The Show 20. It is a baseball video game. So I had like this reckoning like three or four years ago when uh, 2K16 came out, the basketball game. I played it. I thought it was going to be a joke. And then I somehow got really into basketball. It reminded me that sports are games. And I like <laughs> games. And then I had like this, uh, like my perspective changed in the world. And I was like, they make bars centered around games? Oh my goodness. All these people are into it. And I was like, everybody's a nerd. You're not fooling me. Everybody's a nerd. But it did also show me that since I'm not into sports, I've kind of written off a lot of different uh, leagues as like me just not being interested in them. And I thought that kind of wasn't fair because there's so many video games based on these sports. And there's a lot of people, awesome people that are really into these sports. So I thought I could give my due justice and get into some of these sports. MLB The Show 20 is the, my second attempt to get into a sports game. I really want to get into the nitty gritty. And so let me tell you up front, at first... I just don't think I like baseball. <laughs> yeah, baseball's boring. Baseball's like not fun. It's yeah. not fun to watch and it's not fun to play. I don't know why people like baseball. I had a lot of hurdles to get through. I haven't really been into baseball since I was a kid. I remember going to the, getting some hot dogs, getting some arepas because we live in South Florida. That's what you do at baseball games. And uh, But my interest never really took off after that. I'm not, I wasn't even sure what teams were That's teams. That's because the, the hot dogs and the Arepas are the best part of baseball. Well, I think actually playing baseball is a lot of fun. I have memories also as a kid of playing baseball and like, yeah, you know, having fun when you're getting up to bat or trying to catch someone out or running. Like, my childhood memories are good, but I haven't been involved in baseball since then. So that was one hurdle, which I was like, I just don't think I'm into this. The second hurdle was the fact that this game is, you know, it's 2020. So they've been having iterations of this game for like years and years and years. Just the menus alone were so hard to navigate. And the short terminologies of like the Diamond Dynasty, Road to the Show, all these things that I would know if I was playing this game every year, I didn't have. And they weren't really doing a great job of explaining what they were. So I just felt myself being confused for like the first like... I don't know, four hours of me playing this game, which is a long time <laughs> to be confused. That's actually only one baseball game, though. I mean, that's not a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I finally found the mode where you can create your own character and take them from, like, right out of high school into, like, the, the getting drafted into the minor leagues and all that stuff. And I was like, this is what I was looking for. It's a little shallow in story, but you still get to like choose your own uh, personality type. Are you a caring person? Are you more of a leader? Are you a maverick, a.k.a. an a-hole? Um, <laughs> like, who are you going to be? And then it actually opened up and became a really interesting experience. There's a lot of RPG elements to this game. Like, if you play with your team more, if you throw to your first baseman, you start becoming like a, you get a camaraderie between the two of them. 
they get stat bonuses now between the two of you. And you do that with the rest of your team. So eventually your entire team is like a working organism. Do you get stat bonuses to hot dogs? Oh, God. Oh, I wish. Listen, no, probably stat minuses because I watched a documentary recently on hot dogs. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was do my you, mistake. I shouldn't have Do you get like it. a Cracker Jack bonus? Ooh, the Cracker Jack bonus. You got to watch out for those. What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? Yeah, you do. It's Cracker Jacks. Uh, it's it's Cracker Jacks. It's Cracker Jacks. <laughs> uh, but, so what did you decide to do? Did you go to college or did you go directly into the thing? I decided to go to college uh, because when I first got drafted, I got drafted like 651st. And even I have my own pride to deal with, okay? <laughs> I may know nothing about baseball, but damn it, am I not going to let them pick me 651st. You got to be went, at least in the top 500. I took another year of college, and then I, I went for the draft again after trying to showing them another year of how good I am. And I ended up being picked 520th. But hey, I knocked off over 100. All right, all right, I'll take right. it. It's an improvement. It's fine. I got drafted yeah. to the White Sox. It was interesting. <laughs> So here's the epiphany I had. I was playing with my friend Hassel, a, a fellow dragon, and we were playing a game against each other. And it was a long, boring game. Like we have said, baseball is kind of boring. And he plays, he watches. And I asked him, I was like, so what is it? Like, what's the deal with this game? Why are you into it? And he's like, you're right. It's very boring. But you know what? I find it relaxing. And then I replayed uh, okay. the hours and hours and hours that I have actually put into this game. Like you, Manny, saying that like, I don't understand why people like this. Why, it's, why is it so boring? But I've been playing hours and hours of this baseball game. I've had it on while I was while I was listening to podcasts and watching Game of the Year podcasts and things like that. And I just couldn't stop. It was just so like repetitive and interesting that I think I get it. Baseball is a relaxing sport. It's not in your face like like uh, like hockey is where it's very visceral. It's not like basketball where you're constantly moving your head back and forth and back and forth and it's nonstop. It's not like uh, football where you're it's like you, you get to see this like hardcore like roughness. It's it's a passive thing that you just kind of enjoy the the slowness of it. I feel like you're making up excuses for why it's really boring. Trying trying to understand why people like it. And I get it now. I get it. I'm not going to go to it. <laughs> Probably right. that often, but if I need to relax one day, you know what? I'll pop on a game or so. Boom. MLB the show. Nice. Nice. Uh, what about you, Manda? What did you play this week? Uh, this week, I finally broke open uh, Roki. Strangely enough, I found this game because they were selling the vinyl for it on Twitter, and I was like, well, I've never seen a video game vinyl before. I'll have to check it out. And it's a, a cute little Nordic children's storybook type uh, tale, is you're playing Tuva. Uh, uh, the, uh, a little girl whose brother is is kidnapped and you have to rescue him. And it has so many like classic Ooh. story tale elements. It has like trolls and a forest and evil birds. And, Fun costumes. Yeah, it, and it's it's just it's just lovely. It's a point and click adventure game. The music is enchanting and the art style is like beautiful. It's very simple. But but very pretty, and uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun to play. We we started to stream it, and I think one of our favorite parts is that it taught us lots of new words. Is we're refusing to go past words we don't understand or words we can't pronounce. <laughs> it's like no, nope, I'm gonna take a minute and I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> right, it's like it, it, yeah, because it's in because it's uh, Icelandic, right? It's Scandinavian yes. or Ice. It is based in Iceland. Okay. It's based in Iceland. Okay. And so, yeah, we look okay. up the word like, okay, how do you pronounce Jotun correctly? It's got some umlauts in there. It's got a soft J, a silent J. Like, we're just figuring it out. It's been very educational. So we've learned Tuva and Tomta. And Tomta is one of my new favorite words. What's Tomta? If you have seen any of those gnomes that are super um, popular right now, where they have the pointed hat and the beard, is those are Tomtas. They're not gnomes. That so, they're um, little spirits that live in your house, and they can bring you good luck. And if you're very nice, they'll do chores for you. And during oh, the holidays, gosh. if children are particularly good, they bring you presents. So oh, wait, they're, they're like mini Santa Clauses. They're like yeah. mini Santa Clauses. Who do they think they are? Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the game's been pretty good, though. You've been enjoying it? The game's been great. The puzzles are just hard enough to be interesting without being so hard that they're frustrating. And all of the characters are wonderful. All of the different troll ladies and the giant toads. and It's great. Yeah, and the character design is great in that. It's from at least from what I've been able to see for you guys streaming it. Um, it's really, really interesting. Yeah, they did a really beautiful job. Yeah. All right, cool. So that was Roki. Thank you, Amanda. And I'll go next. Uh, this week, I played Stardew Valley, the 1.5 update. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I know. 
they released their their newest updates, which is their most expansive update they have ever released uh, to Stardew Valley 1.5. It adds a completely new island to the game. It is almost all um, end game content. So if you have already completed the game, you can jump in and go right into it. And it is so much fun. They, they've added a couple of new recipes, a bunch of new, a couple of new fruits. Like it's been, it, it's just a whole lot of stuff to do. And I've been enjoying the absolute heck out Is of it. Is there more story content? Story-wise, yes, there's a little bit more. Um, it, you find out a little bit more about a, a mysterious character from earlier on in the game. Um, he is now on this island and he uh, tasks you with some more stuff. Um, they also expanded on a couple of other things in the regular village. So they've given you a couple more quests that unlock new blueprints for you to build on your farm that to help you out. Cool. And they've added a whole bunch of things. The mine, you can reset the mine so it's harder now. So you can restart back at zero and have to go your way down to 120 again. But it's harder now. Do you ever find out who killed your grandpa? No, you do not. As far as I know, you do not. <laughs> yeah, you know, know what murdered him? It was super convenient that he passed away right before yeah. you needed a farm. Yeah. Grandpa died and left me everything. Ooh. None of my cousins or my parents, but just me. What a Thanks, coincidence. Grandpa. Hey, it wasn't just before. He did pass away and he handed you the letter and said, hey, listen, whenever you feel like you are you know, in need of a change, you can open up this letter. So we don't know how many years or how much time was in between him huh. dying and you how opening up that letter. That, that handwriting <laughs> is in your own handwriting. Huh. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> and it's written in blood. It's weird. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but that game, that game is, is so charming. If you haven't picked up Sturdy Valley, I don't know why you haven't. It's, one of the greatest games ever come out. One of the best games, yeah, without a doubt. It's the best. I may hop back in. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my game, Stardew Valley 1.5. Get back into it. And what about you, Joe? What did you play this week? I dived back into Animal Crossing pretty heavily this week. Oh, Hell yeah. Dove head first or yeah. feet first? Head first. Head okay. first. I was, <laughs> I was in the water. It was freezing. There's snow everywhere. You know, it, it was cold. <laughs> this is nice. Uh, I I got I got really good at making perfect snow boys in the last couple of weeks. So I I did wind up taking a few days off and feeling really weird when I walked back up to people and they were like, "Oh, I thought you were mad at me. I I thought you know I haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? I I did I thought we got into an argument. And I was like, why do all of you get so upset when I'm not here for just a few days? So judgy. Oh, I got stuff to do. It's gonna be all right. I don't even know. Right? It was it's it's. It was weird. It was very weird. I had a good time, though. Uh, I And then literally, I think, a day or two into being back into it and being like doing a few hours where I was like really running around the town and like cleaning up my flower mess and making new patches, I found out that there was an update coming out at the end of the week. I'm very what? excited about it. It's uh, This is a big update, right? The update is, is, is out now, actually. So Ooh. if you turn your Animal Crossing on, you can update it. And it's for Carnival coming up in February, and it's for oh. a few new events. They're gonna there's gonna be confetti in the town and feathers flowing through the town. You get new wow. reactions from people. Uh, they gave you a new one today. They sent uh, Nintendo sends you maracas, and they are adorable. It is it's great. They, uh, in the specialty area of the Nook Shop, there are new things that change. Uh, a couple of the things change color each day as well. So it's not like it's just a specialty item that's there only for a limited time. It's also its color is there for a limited amount of time. Ooh. And it's not inside uh, Nook, Nooking to uh, Nook's Grand. It's actually in the uh, shop area where it's in the like ABD, like that. I heard a have. rumor. I heard a rumor that they're finally gonna start adding like Nintendo items to Animal Crossing. Like in the past, you could get Link's uh, sword, Master Sword, and like a Mario Kart. Is that happening? Okay, so in all of the other games, I have an entire room of my house that is just the 8-bit Nintendo and 16-bit yeah, Nintendo. That's and one the of cool my Nintendo favorite stuff. parts of Animal it Crossing. It looks like in. It looks like in March, March is Mario month, and it looks oh. like that's the next update because they kind of teased at it by adding a mushroom and a shine star to it, to the to the update. At the very end of the update, they didn't say they were doing it. They just okay. said the okay. next okay. one. Wahoo! <laughs> Wahoo! Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was... Okay. It is great. So uh, right. anybody who has given it up for a while and you want to have some fun, Pave will be there soon. He's a dance <laughs> master of a pe- uh, peacock. Yeah. It's, Pave. Uh, Bobby. It looks great. Like the dancing emotes they added are are really fun. Excellent. Nice. All right. And that was Animal Crossing. 
And then what about you, Lewis? What did you play? This week, I finally finished a game I started forever ago, like around when it came out, uh, called The Pathless. Nice. Uh, an indie game by um, developer Giant Squid. They're the ones that did the game um, Abzu, and I believe they did Journey. Oh, I love Abzu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, this game, it was, honestly, it was just beautiful. It was an open world game. And you were just one character running around with a bow and arrow, and you would shoot these targets scattered everywhere that would then give you a a speed boost and an energy boost so you can continue running and just essentially perpetually just sliding on the floor and moving quickly nonstop throughout. (laughs) So the more things that you killed or eliminated, the more powerful you kind of became? Just in terms of movement. fluidity? Yeah, just in terms of movement. movement. Yeah, and there were no other things to uh, interact with. You you could see, like, animals running around, but the whole point of the game is to just defeat these five corrupted uh, gods to finally mm-hmm. fight the person that corrupted them. Wait, so would you say, huh. like, that was your, your path to do that? Yes, and actually, the whole point of the game... Wait a second. <laughs> ...is because the main person is trying to create one path for everyone to follow. Ah. And then you discover... So they want less paths. Yes, exactly. <laughs> less paths in the pathless. Um, <laughs> and as a main character, you then confront this guy known as the God Slayer and let them know that you can't just force people onto one path. Everyone must find their own way to do things. And and the guy was like, oh, I see your point. Cool. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I see. You're right now. That was exactly I never it. thought of it that way. Thank that was the end of the game. Your, uh, insight. Just talked it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? You're right. Here you go. But I thought... Just With a name the like the God Slayer, I completely believe that's what happened, yes. <laughs> Definitely, of course. What else would happen? <laughs> but the message of the game was really interesting, and once I got towards the end, the bo- the final boss fight was fun. A cool thing about this game is that you can't really die in it. There is no actual death. There is no actual respawn. You get like knocked far away when you die from whatever fight you're in, and then you have to kind of huh. make your way back there. But... There's no real death and the message of finding your own way to do things I thought was really beautiful. And the music was just, it would it would build up and it was amazing. And the huge open world, very, the art style was akin to Breath of the Wild. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was great. That, that's always, that's always good to have that, <laughs> that uh, comparison. Like if you can compare anything to Breath of the Wild, you're probably doing pretty good. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. And I looked up reviews for it and people were like judging it saying, oh, yeah, it was just like you didn't really get to do much. It was like repetitive. Like, I'm like, OK, you obviously didn't get the point of the game. So mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Awesome. And so so you did complete it. Uh, I did finish sandwiches. It. What, what sandwich scale would you give this out of five? I would give it a solid four. Ooh, four out of five sandwiches. Exactly. Not a five because, yes, sometimes things got repetitive, but it was a puzzle game, so it was really interesting. So mm-hmm. a four. Four is good. Yeah, that, that's that's perfectly solid. Nice. So that was The Pathless. All right, so that'll do it for our games this week. Now it brings us to our news segment. News, 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 news. And to lead off this week, Reddit and GameStop have dominated the news this past week, and I preferably would like to wait to do a big recap of this when this is all like said and done. Yeah, that story uh, is still unfolding as we speak. Yeah, if you guys don't know what the basics is, Reddit found out that a huge hedge fund had uh, made a giant bet that uh, GameStop stock would be selling for a lot less in the future. Uh, so Reddit seeing that they were going after something that they held sacred. I mean, it screwed them over so many times, but this is our thing that screws them over. <laughs> you guys don't screw them over. Uh, they banded together to drive the price of the stock up to screw over said hedge fund. Uh, and then it snowballed yeah. so much once other people found yeah. out about it. And here we are today, from a low of about $2 last year to a high of over $400 this week. Holy um, crap. We'll talk about the fallout in the future, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to this story <laughs> unfolding. Um, the fallout's going to be so, so much bad. stuff has been happening. 
Oh my god. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Like I'm not like a stock scientist, but I'm pretty sure that's illegal. From what I've been seeing is that it's not. No, it's not. Isn't that what insider trading is? No. It's not insider trading. It's not insider trading. It wasn't insider trading at all. It was it was very public, very clear what the Redditors were doing and what the people online were doing. The insider trading would happen if it was another hedge fund or another stock market company that was that had info had this information this was public information that the the hedge fund that was doing this did publicly that's why insider trading is knowing that stop it they can't stop it's not it's they just have to wait until this thing kind of rides itself out which is unprecedented it's going to change how stocks are done going forward i don't know we've seen politicians from both sides of the aisle like come together over like backing the subredditors <laughs> on their side of this yeah because uh, it's fair because it is it's completely fair yeah, it's what hedge it's funds on the books doing. it's yeah insider trading is like having info about covid and then selling off all of your stock before that w- that information went public right and then you know nothing happening to you anyways because you know you're senators but you know anyways uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> this is the, the sheer power year. of the internet and numbers it's like they forgot that kickstarter was a yeah. thing oh. I'll wait till this ends. <laughs> I have a feeling there's oh, some stuff there. I feel like, yeah, it's not going to end well, unfortunately, for a lot of people. But we'll we'll find out. Well, yeah, because, I mean, because it's against wealthy people. And you know how B- that always Balloons got a pop, yo. Uh, so- That's just how it is. <laughs> bigger the balloon, yeah, the bigger do. the pop. Um, and... Uh- <laughs> Uh, If you are one of the recipients of said GameStop windfall, this next news might interest you. Uh, Tesla is updating its models, and with it, you'll be able to play The Witcher along with other more modern games in the actual car system itself. Oh, yes. It's ridiculous. (laughs) So sell your stocks and buy a Tesla. Yes. Do you think Elon Musk saw that KF console and was like, (laughs) Hey, I can do one better. <laughs> My whole car is a console. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> but, but does that car have a chicken chamber? Ooh, that's the question. That's, that's, you know, that's the real question. Nobody can compete with that. Hey, hey nobody can anything, compete with that, Joe. Anything could be a chicken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anything could be a chicken chamber. Hey, you call it a cup holder? That's my chicken chamber. Ew. Whatever. Ew. Don't judge me. Ew. <laughs> 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 got Hey, gotta put it where I gotta put it. Whatever. Also, we're totally what? getting Don't... that console. If they sell that to people, we're totally getting one. What the Tesla? No, the, no. The chicken chamber KFC console. <laughs> <laughs> and also, speaking of price increasing, uh, Microsoft announced that they were raising the price of Xbox Live from sixty dollars per year to a hundred and twenty dollars per Whoa. year. Whoa! No. And then that can't uh, be real. That lasted for yeah. about four hours, and then uh, a whole lot of outcry happened. And then Microsoft was like, "Oh, let me let me back this up a little <laughs> bit." <laughs> Where did they let back me, it uh, up to? You know, ne- never mind. That's not going to happen anymore. Uh, it's still going to it's going to remain at sixty dollars. And then on top of that. <laughs> Nah, they're just going to leave it alone. There's, there's like too Lewis's much outcry about the $120 thing. There's way nah. too much. Yeah. They're going to wait, and then like in six nah. months, they're going to be like, we have this new idea. It has nothing to do with that other <laughs> it, thing that we did. It's one of the main reasons to have an Xbox right now, so I can see them understanding like, hey, like this is our gold. But th- that's crazy that they didn't try and like, test that out before releasing that to the public that they also know it's money. the best deal on the market yeah. so people are like man you were getting so much content out of this i i don't see them not changing the price not yeah. maybe not now they, they gotta but... do it subtly even like like netflix they, their price goes up and a lot of times i don't notice yeah <laughs> and it's like oh no i'm like the frog in the in the yep. pot that's slowly getting turned up I have the opposite problem with Netflix. During the month of December, when it was going up a dollar, it told me every single time I turned on Netflix to a point where I was like, I get it, guys. You're taking another dollar. Calm down. Oh, wow. You got I didn't yes. even know that. I said yes already. This is news to me. Oh, man. Every I'm on a, time I it turned crazy. it on. Oh. Yeah, it's funny. But then also, Nintendo had a Monster Hunter announcement, right, Joe? Yes. It's very exciting. So, Nintendo had a mini, tiny, itty-bitty little, like, Nintendo Direct thing that came out just purely for Monster Hunter coming out in March. They are making an exclusive Monster Hunter system that looks unbelievably cool. The base is specialized. The Joy-Cons are specialized. They have, like, a cool gold dragony filigree going to them. It's awesome. And that's not all. 
they have and a new pro all. controller that's just for Monster Hunter as well. Ooh, and, oh, and that's not all. It's it's it, it, that's all actually. It was those two things. They're gorgeous, <laughs> and unfortunately, they are Japan only. Joe. Oh, Japan no. only. Boo. Joe, I'm here. Joe, why didn't you lead so, with that? Yeah, all I'm hearing is you're gonna get these things. <laughs> I I am gonna okay. I'm gonna do my best to say no to the Monster Hunter console because I have an Animal Crossing one. And yeah, I, that's good. I I really do love it, and I have had a hard time thinking about any other console aside from owning that one. However, I mean, Brian Brian does have a pro console, controller. Though. I mean, Brian could oh. use a Monster Hunter console. This is true. I, I do actually. <laughs> we have too many switches in this house already. Oh. We we have we have more switches than we have people. So we, we have enough switches, but we don't have enough pro controllers that have dope dragons on them. That's very true. Yeah. Brian. Mm. Hey, I'm we okay with it. Probably that. get one of those controllers, Brian. Only for that. The taste yeah. of yeah. dragons to have a dragon controller. I mean, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Of course, it looks super duper cool. So if anybody goes online and takes a look at them, they are unbelievably awesome looking and i'm fairly certain that they will make their way over here they'll just probably be a little overpriced for a bit so oh yeah, for sure but it, yeah. it, it looks great take a look it's nice. awesome and monster hunter is looking really cool the more and more i see everything about it so very mm-hmm. exciting nice uh, and then also resident evil village had its debut trailer shown off and man are people horrified and horny over it <laughs> what? it features a nine foot tall vampire lady along with three witches that will either make your day or destroy it based on your preferences <laughs> yep yep look the game looks great all i gotta say is it's I been horny i remember mr x Mixer X was swole. So, that so boy was yeah. thick. Is Did the vampire do- lady and yeah. the witches from the main game, or is the demo just completely unrelated? Uh, the demo is unrelated except for the very end when the giant vampire lady comes in. She's, oh, so she's going to be the main be antagonist of the main game. Okay. Yes. And the witches are going to be in it or no? Yes. Yeah. She, okay. Because yeah, like, the... that would be a tease if they were like, yes. hey, look, there's this really cool character, but not in the game. Bye. <laughs> yeah, they... they... The last like two remakes have had like this character that just kind of stalks you randomly the whole time. I have a feeling this witch may end up playing something like that. Oh, for sure, uh, like that role. She's nine feet tall. She'll definitely be stalking you. Yeah, and then they also released a demo that was just for the PS5 as well. So if you didn't own the PS5, too bad. <laughs> but it was just a tech demo, so it Oof. wasn't that bad. Yeah, there was no fighting or anything. Yeah, right? no, there's nothing to it. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, there is also sad news to go with this. Uh, as the person who played the witches, as well as several other characters in the franchise, Jeanette Mouse passed away over the weekend due to colon cancer. Uh, she was only 39, guys. Whoa. I heard that today, and I my jaw dropped. I was like, oh, no. And I had only just recently yeah, heard about yeah. her because of the demo that came out. And we had friends that were playing it and streaming it. And everyone was talking about the witches mm-hmm. and how interesting that was going to be. And uh, yeah, to hear that is super, super sad. Damn. That's unfortunate. She was a really cool voice actress. Everything we saw from her. Ugh. Yeah. That hurts my heart. Yeah. And she's the actual face of the witches as well. She did the mocap as well. Yeah. Big hearts to to the family, to her family. Absolutely. Uh, And then finally, uh, let's end this with uh, Vicarious Visions, the developer of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2, that that really good remake that they just released last year, uh, Mm -hmm. has been folded into Blizzard and will be working on an unannounced Diablo 2 remake. Hmm. Um, This is a sad news from some, but great news for lovers of Diablo 2 as it's a proven studio, as we'll come to find out later in the episode. So it is sad, but nobody's being laid off, which is good. I'm not too sad, because all this means is that there's going to be more skateboards in Diablo, and I am <laughs> for it. I don't know why you come think on. that. <laughs> Put a trick system in there. <laughs> I Get like ready for some Heelys, yo. more skateboards. Like, there are skateboards <laughs> now, and this is just going to increase the skateboard quota. <laughs> That's fair. All it needs is one to have more at this point. <laughs> one is one is more. Decker Kane's going to be doing some sweet uh, sweet half pipe. Oh, gosh, <laughs> if it's just like like you have like the monk and like yeah. the necromancer and then Tony Hawk as a class, like a skater class. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! <laughs> oh, I'd be so happy. He's going to decimate, guys. He's going to decimate <laughs> with, his, with a sick nine hundred. He's going to just be kick flipping everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Just yeah. shooting fireballs with a kickflip. Yeah. 
And uh, so that'll do it for the end of this week's news. However, I do want to, you know, I did find something that was pretty fun. So I was rummaging through my parents' attic, and I found an old dusty record in there. And it had an amazing ad on it when I listened to it. And uh, here, let me, let me just play it for you, and you'll see what I mean. Are you a dandy gentleman, globetrotter, who relies on his French companion for everything? Or perhaps you're a genius detective who solves mysteries while belittling his mustached assistant? Well, then look no further. Whist is the card game for the discerning gentleman. Bet away your inheritance, belittle your social lessers, lord your superior wealth and title over your incredibly patient friends and neighbors. It's trick-taking and it's its very best. Tell your butler to pick up one for you today. That's W-H-I-S-T. Whist. Yeah, I, I had to look up this game and this was, and it got me to look it up. It's great. It's a, <laughs> it's a fantastic game if you're very wealthy. I never knew that your parents were into Whist. I guess they, they were really well off, Brian. They were really well off. Um, I mean, I wish they were. <laughs> I wish they were. I wish they were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was... That was going to be fun. We might do some more of those in the future. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but now that brings us to our... Fun fact for yeah. our literary friends is that Whist is in both Sherlock Holmes and Around the World in 80 Days and Jane Eyre and oh. two Jane Austen novels. Oh. Fun fact. Oh. Here's another fun fact. That's very fun. Troy needs to read more books. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've read one of those. <laughs> All right, now that brings us to our Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. Pow. And this week, Troy's going to be bringing it to us. Can we talk about backlogs? Can we talk about the backlog in the room? Let's yeah. talk about the backlog in the yeah, room. Yeah, we can. We all got them. It doesn't matter who you are. I don't know. I don't care if you're a journalist, a developer, a, a regular old gamer like ourselves. We all have backlogs. But how do they come to be? You know, those games that just pile up and you know you should play them, but you just, something just happens and it just continues to pile up. Well, my question is, what's the deal? Why do you have a backlog? What's keeping you from finishing that backlog? That's our tasty topic. For me, I do pretty well usually personally trying to knock off those those backlog uh, games. But for me, a backlog usually happens in between me waiting for a big game that I really want to come out. Usually if there's like a God of War or like like The Last of Us, like I have this game that I'm just like itching to, to come out. And so I'll play games and I'll try to finish them before that next game comes out. If there's like a few months where there's no game coming out that I really, 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 really want, I just get real lackadaisical, just like, well, whatever. I'll play a little bit here. I'll play a little bit there. And before I know it, I'm playing like five games at once and not finishing any of them. And then I'm just like, I just don't have a direction. I don't have a fire burning under me to like complete those games. And then the backlog just balloons. So that's what happens with me. Mine is steam sales. Steam sales are like the the bane of my backlog existence. Is <laughs> as soon as something goes on sale on on Steam, and they're always at the same time. It's not like oh man, one thing on my wish list is on sale, so I'll pick it up. It's always like five things on my wish list are on sale, and they're like all seventy five percent off. So it would be like absolutely crazy for me not to pick up all five of them. And then it's like I finish one of them, and then more things are on sale, and I just continue to accumulate this pile of things that I really want to play and. And, and then I and then I just play Elder Scrolls again. I don't know right. what I'm doing. <laughs> and Steam makes it so easy, they do. so they do. easy to buy games, and it makes it even easier when they're like under a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> which those Steam sales sometimes tend to be. And you make your wish list, and they tell you like, "Hey, that game you wanted is on sale for like two bucks." It's yeah, it's a it's a slippery slope. Without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for myself, uh, I, I think I've had a backlog since about 2003. Uh, <laughs> and it's I'm just been accumulating Brian. I'm a ever backlog since. Uh, holder. I'm a backlog person. Or I'm a backlog hoarder. Yes. I'm a ba- I'm a backlogger. I'm a backlogger. Uh, hi. <laughs> hi Brian. Uh yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where it, there's just too many games and and I want to play all of them. I I genuinely do. But then there's so many times where I'm like playing and I'm like, "All right, great. I think I have a good a good holding of what this game is." 
and then I'll play it for another four hours, and I'm like, right. all right, well, what about this other thing, though? Ooh. Maybe this other thing has something that I really like. <laughs> the shiny new object. Maybe this other thing has something better than I want to playing, you Ooh. know? Oh, it absolutely is. And I have, I mean, there's just a consistent backlog. And then because of that, the new games come out, I'm like, sweet, I'm playing those. And as I'm playing those new games, I'm like, yeah, but I really want to play this other game on my backlog. <laughs> so then I stop playing the new game, which then puts it into my backlog to play another game that's on my backlog. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a never-ending cycle oh, for no. myself the mountain the mountain that is your backlog do you have a not to out you but do you have like a yeah. roundabout number as to how many games are on your backlog and this could go for everyone too um and actual games that i have on my backlog is probably i would probably say over a hundred uh, if I'm being like, really honest with you. Like, but like 100 uh, that you're going to play or like 100 that like, hey, you know, I started it, right. but I'm probably not going to go We're back talking to backlog, it. not like collection. Because at a certain point, <laughs> I'm sure some of those games are just no, collectors. No, I want items. to play these games. Oh, wow. my gosh. <laughs> right. no, I That's want amazing. to play these games. I, ju- wow. I genuinely want to play these games. I just haven't had or I just don't or whatever. Like if I'm talking like actual games I own, it is way more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I, this this could be its own like subject or its own segment. Honestly, <laughs> oh, absolutely, <yeah>. absolutely. <laughs> what about you, Joe? Uh, for me, I think uh, there's two things that that happen. Uh, like my resolution was last year, it was to finish more games that I actually buy and not leave games there. Uh, I used to, unfortunately, like if a new system came out, I would buy three or four games that came out with the system, and then I would only end up playing one, maybe two of the games I bought um. at that point in time. And then like another two or three games would come out all in the same week or two and I would buy all three of those games and I would only really play one of them. If I even opened the other ones at all, like it's it's that it was that level of not good for buying games that I wasn't just re- like that I wanted saturation. to play. Saturation. And I would always be like, Oh, I'll just play it in the it really it was like I'll play it in the off season. It's fine when I'm done with this other game. The other problem I have though is that I actually don't like finishing games because I never go back to them again. If mm-hmm. I finish a game, it's because I usually hundred percent it. I literally don't have a reason to play it again unless it's something like Dr. Mario or, you know, something that's completely mindless and I can just leave it on and not think. If it's a game I have to remember the story of, though, and I'm not quite ready to finish it yet and something else comes out, I'm like, ah, you know what? I'll come back to this. I'm right at the end. I'll remember what I need to do. I don't ever remember what to do. I'm at at like the 99% on like half of the games that I own and I've just (laughs) never finished the game because something else came out and I was like, it's fine. I'll go back to it someday. And I don't usually. It's Dr. Murray who's always just sitting there being like, hey, do you want to not think? You don't want to start that old game and try and remember what you were doing. You want to just kill some viruses? Come along. Can I? A virus. You it's know what, not Joe? Worth going back to that other game. Who's? It's, I mean, it's a who's brutal. to say? You know, who's to say what is finish? You're ninety nine percent there. Just you did it. You did it. What? You're fine. It's all right. good. Just Google the end. Yeah, I, yeah. You're Google not like, I feel just like Google I'm the almost, end. It's, it's, see, I I can't Google the end because I have that problem of not wanting to know what happens unless I do it myself. So oh. like I don't I don't have a problem with watching my friends play games I wouldn't play. I don't have a problem oh. with Twitch watching a game I wouldn't play. But if I was going to play the game myself, I don't want to watch the puzzle or how somebody beat something until I do it myself or the game gotcha. has won over me. Like, I didn't really do it myself. I didn't think of it myself. Gotcha. So, like, I have that. Like I said, it's just more, it's just kind of silly. I get to that 99%. <laughs> and I'm like, eh, I don't feel like finishing it right now. The ending might not be that good anyway. I'll come back to this later. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. I probably have about 30 or 40 games in the backlog where it's like there's only a few percent left to do and I just... Don't do it. That is so. I should go back. Like, like I really want a uh, new game plus. Ghost of Tsushima. I started doing that. Got like a good three hours in, and I haven't gone back to it. And I really want to because that's a game I love. But there's right. Doctor Mario right here. He's he's, <laughs> he's giving me that warm, inviting hug. We're murdering viruses every day. It's beautiful. Yeah, I'm like that with Overwatch. That's my comfort food game. Uh, Lewis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how about yourself? Where where no, do you fall uh, in the backlog question? No, I don't have a backlog, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clean, homie. Yeah, man. I've, they I've call me played the closer. Every every game I've bought, I've played it, beat it, put it away. You know me, but not. No, I I, I probably have less than Brian for sure, but um, probably around. I hope like, everybody has less than me for sure. <laughs> I, just thinking off the top of my head, I could think probably around like twenty. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm probably between the 10 and 20 range. Yeah. Myself. I'm like 7 to 10. I don't buy them that right. many. I'm and, usually pretty good. But I'm also very good about like, I'm not going to go back to that. <laughs> right. See, yeah, Manny just has just closes it down. and like, no, that's not happening. You are not but, on the backlog if I just don't want to play you anymore. Yeah, yeah, I take you off. That's how you, that's how you yeah. get rid of your backlog. So many of the games I have in that backlog. I don't want to even imagine how many games I have that I don't want to go back to. Right. Yeah, it's just so many games that I have in that backlog that are games that I would love to play because a lot of them are open world. A lot of them have great stories. Yeah. And then I I start a lot of them and then I just I stop. Like I started Valhalla and I haven't played right. it again in like a week. <laughs> it's right. been like a week. For what reason? I don't know. Same for Final yeah. Fantasy uh, 15. Started playing it and then I just stopped. No reason because I loved it. Right. I, and you have absolutely no idea why you stopped. I genuinely... Like, did it, you do something else? Did you get interested somewhere differently? Like, kind of. It's like, okay, I don't want to actively do something, so let me watch this thing. Or another game happens. Because I had a backlog before I played Ghost of Tsushima, but then I started playing that, and I just played that all the way through. So you kind of like got a one and done it. Is like yeah, pretty much. Kind of your sweet spot. Honestly, I have to just play... Like, I have to just play nonstop and then i'll finish it last of us part two i played through it completely right, like right within right. a week yeah yeah you know huh so you kind of like you if you don't if you don't stay focused you'll get a backlog yep completely with joe she'll buy too many games at once and not be able to get them all done that's her backlog brian yeah. it, I, I can't explain brian to <laughs> i can't explain <laughs> Uh, Brian got a backlog, and then he just went. That's just my life. He and was given a backlog first. Embrace the backlog. Yeah. <laughs> embrace the backlog. Yeah. There's a tagline for Brian that I ever needed. Um. Yeah. I think also a time of the year has to do with it. Right now, we are definitely like in a in a nice little lull of games, and so I think it's just kind of natural to let them kind of build up. But there's also a good time to get rid of your backlogs before there's something new coming out, y'all. Here we go. Try to get backlogs done. You only got a couple months before Monster Hunter comes out or whatever. Oh, true. Okay. I I only have two weeks until Super Mario Brothers. Uh, Bowser oh, Bowser's Fury. Fury. Comes out. Oh, I don't damn. Have much time. damn. And then two weeks after that, I've got Monster Hunter. And then yeah. oh, two weeks after that, don't. I've got Pokemon Snap. Dude, yeah, don't I, try. I'm, I'm she got no two time. weeks or something. No and I, I, yeah. I need to find time to finish those. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I take it back. Embrace your backlog, like Brian did. <laughs> Let's all give a nice salute to your backlogs. We wouldn't have gaming without you. Thank you all for sharing your backlog, uh, your backlog blues. I appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, I'll throw it back to you, Brian, for our next <laughs> backlog segment. Backlog blues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Troy. Uh, this now, uh, so that will do it for our three, two, one. Money, Money morsel, so tasty, tasty topic. topic. <laughs> now that brings us to our dragon of the week. Adieu, adieu. Adieu, adieu. It's the dragon of the week. So don't you freak. It's the dragon of the week. Oh, it's so chic. Dragon of the week. Dragon of the week. Dragon of the week is our chance to honor those that are in the video game industry, whether a person or a company. We like to look at the people behind the games that we enjoy. So this week, Brian will be talking about a very new dragon for us. Uh, Brian, what's up? Tell us about it. Hey! So yeah, this week I'm going to be doing Kardec and Guha Bala. They are the co-founders of Vicarious Visions as well as Valan Studios. All right. Hey, that's the Tony Hawk people. Those are the Tony Hawk people. (laughs) Brothers Kardec and Guha Bala grew up in India, Britain, and Florida before finally moving to Rochester, New York in 1991. Wow. If you're wondering who the hell would move to upstate New York when they were previously living in Florida, well, <laughs> their parents had medical residencies up there and they didn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> and since it's upstate New York in the 90s, holy crap, was there nothing to do there. But thankfully, <laughs> they had each other and a love of science and technology. Uh, they decided one day to build a computer. But again, this being the early 90s, you had to do a lot of research in order to do it. And so uh, they really wanted a sound card since it was one of the newest things that were out there. But what they found instead was even better. Someone local was actually making sound cards in his basement. Uh, they visited a man by the name of Paul Travers. And <laughs> Paul Travers is like, yo, you want them sound cards? Hey, 
hey, hey, psst, 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 psst. you want some sound cards? <laughs> I got sound cards for you. Dear God. I was going to try to make a more yeah, in-depth op- technical sound card joke, but I don't know enough about it, Brian. I'll, I'll leave those to yeah. you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, and so while they were over there, he was like, hey, um, you know, what interests you guys? You know, what do you, you know, why why are you building a computer? What What is the thing? And That's they're a like, great well, question to ask. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, you know, we, we want to make games, but we're just kids, you know? And so he's like, wait, hold on. So he handed them two programming books and was like, go ahead and learn. Wow. Here you go. So wait, did he sell them the sound card already or was like, no, not until you actually learn what you're doing with it? um, I I actually don't know because I didn't go in depth in that in the interview that I watched. He's starting (laughs) to sound more like a protective father. Like, what is your business with this sound card? How old are you? You know what? (laughs) I actually... I think he took a liking to them because a few mil- a few months later, the brothers came back to him with a pitch for their first game. Wow. And so Travers actually personally drove them to a meeting with a publisher. Oh, my and along the way he, Yeah, and along the way, he asked one of them, hey, what should I introduce you guys as? You know, what's your company name? <laughs> and so Cardick was Beavis like... Butthead. Vic- it's the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cardick said vicarious visions and he had only learned the word vicarious a week before in high school (laughs) yep there it is and so over the next couple of years they would develop their first game called synergist in their parents basement they were writing tools to help capture video because it was a full motion video game meaning they used real footage for the actual game oh hell Uh, yeah fmv That's right. And then during this time, they were helping Travers with his virtual reality headset he was developing. And even though it didn't go anywhere, it it pretty much failed. uh, That experience got them introductions to several studios that were looking to support the hardware. So it gave them a nice a nice in with them, which was great. It worked out really well. Also, Uh, I need to learn more about Travers. Who is this like? This good Samaritan tech virtual reality in the 90s person. Messiah. A uh, wise sage. Yeah. Uh, he was actually a former, I think he was the former CEO or he was the former higher up at Kodak. And so what? he retired from there and decided to just develop sound cards in his basement. Oh, that is so yeah, cool. He's, he's really that's cool. Like, that's like living uh, in a neighborhood and then learning that a wizard lives down the street. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, let's go knock on his house. Yeah. <laughs> so so the brothers actually finally finished their game in uh, 1996. And by this point, the brothers were in college. Kardec went to Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, a.k.a. the RPI, where several of his classmates actually helped with the game. Whereas Guha ended up going to Harvard. <laughs> oh. So the year prior to this, though, they had signed a deal with the publisher. So with the game completed, they submitted it to the company, you know, as you do when you complete a game. And then they heard nothing back. And then they found out the company was a scam. The publisher Whoa. was actually selling the game but not giving them residuals to it. Oh, my oh. goodness. What? <laughs> yeah. So the brothers actually started to panic a little bit. Uh, Kardec had actually run up a whole lot of credit card debt to produce this game. Aww. And so on Christmas Day, he called his dad and he was like, hey, I, I need help. You know, I, I have all this credit card debt. So his dad heard the amounts that uh, that he needed, and he told him, I don't have it. You you need to get yourself out of this mess. Oh, man. And then he hung up. This <gasps> is Christmas Day, mind you. <laughs> and uh, Kardec actually calls it the best piece of advice he's ever received. I mean, at the time, he probably wasn't happy about it. But, you know, over time, he realized that was probably the best piece of advice he's ever received. Just, you know, you got yourself into this mess. You got to get yourself out. So the brothers then went to RPI's business incubator and met with the CEO of Map Info, Mike Marvin. And uh, just like with Travers, he liked them. And he uh, he actually saw the future of video games. Uh, he told them that he would help them out, but on one condition. They have to keep the company in or near Albany. And okay. uh, they agreed. Uh, the, the area had grown on them. Also, you know, debt. And, you know, that, that's kind of that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but because it's Albany, though, there's not a whole lot of talent there. You know, there's not a whole lot of customers, not a whole lot of anything in upstate New York at this point. So after everything that had happened, though, Kardec was somehow able to convince Guha not to pursue pre-med at Harvard and instead join him in Albany and give it another go at video game development. He convinced him to drop out of college? <laughs> no, drop out of Harvard. Drop out of, yeah, pre-med at Harvard. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, that's just crazy to me. Give up a huge prospect at freaking Harvard for something that has already screwed you over once. Like, <laughs> Was this the worst piece of advice he had gotten? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but hey, I mean, I'm doing a dragon about them, so he obviously made the right choice, right? Yeah, yeah it mean, worked out in the end. <laughs> Uh, so the first game they did at this point was called Terminus. It was a game that actually won awards for both programming and audio at the first independent games festival. Unfortunately, though, when the game shipped in 2000, it did not sell very well at all. And so at this point, the brothers were like, all right, we should probably do some contract work in order to keep the lights on. Smart. And so the Game Boy Color was just about to be released. So companies were looking for family-friendly games to cash in on. And uh, in a little over a year, Vicarious Visions released nine Game Boy Color games from Spider-Man to Barbie Magic Genie Adventure. Like they ran the game, the gamut. They're like, we just got to keep the lights on. We'll just do anything. Just give us give us stuff. (laughs) And uh, during this time, though, to keep the creative juices flowing, the Balas encouraged tinkering and trying things out. They discovered that while the Game Boy Color sound processor couldn't multiply or divide, they devised a way to modulate the sound while only taking up about 5% of the CPU. Basically what this meant was they were able to make a very basic audio system able to talk. Holy crap. Actually say words. This was something that nobody else had been able to do. And so Nintendo was impressed as hell (laughs) that they were able (laughs) to make the Game Boy Color actually say voices. So then... The company once again hit hard times. One of the companies that they had multiple contracts with closed, which means that they were out of a lot of money. Uh, So they went to the banks in the area and took out a million dollar loan to make ends meet. Wow. Jesus. They had 40 employees depending on them. And they didn't want to let them down. Right. No, it's not. Especially because they really wanted to do right by their employees. So uh, thankfully, though, because they impressed Nintendo... They had Game Boy Advance hardware earlier than a lot of other companies. And so they had worked with Activision on the Spider-Man game for Game Boy Color. So at E3, the brothers actually sought them out and saw none other than Tony Hawk himself at their booth. Sup, I'm Tony Hawk. And so, yeah. So they're like, yo. So they called their team. They're like, hey, we we need to come up with something for the Tony Hawk IP on uh, Game Boy Advance. So the team faked some screenshots of an isometric view of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 running on the Game no, Boy Advance. No. Whoa. Good job. So so they brought it back to them the next day, and Activision and Tony were blown away, and they complete, and they signed them up to do it. They're like, all right, here you go. You can do it. Oh, they no. didn't even have oh, a no. game? Oh, no. Oh, my God. They bluffed? Wow. They Holy bluffed. Holy crap. Wow. And unfortunately, when they got back, so they so they flew back to Albany, and they were met with grim news. The team did the math, and there was no way they could fit it on a cartridge, let alone uh, ten cartridges. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. 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 How do they get out of this? So, so the brothers went to the drawing board, and they're like, "All right, all right, maybe we can fake the 3D skater in a 2D world using math." And so, so like, all right, so they're like, they're crunching all the numbers. So everything that the skater was skating on was math, not the actual background, which is meant was, you know, like normally in games, you have like, um, like borders, things that tell you you can't go somewhere and it's all written in like the code or it's on the background of the actual art assets. They did all of that with math. Everything that you saw Tony Hawk do in that game was math. It was not actually anything that had to do with with the game itself it was all just complicated math like algorithms that he was skating on i I don't understand (laughs) anything that you're saying right whatever it was how this works it's it's like if you have a picture of a circle and that that could be i don't know a thousand pixels right to make that circle but you can also replace that circle with a math expression to say you know the circumference of this circle is this and then it will create the same image and if you as a person looking at both of them like they're both circles but one of them will take up less space right hypothetically yes why don't you just always use that that other option? No, then? it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the explanation, Amanda. Appreciate that. And so, uh, so yeah, and because of that, it worked, and it all fit on a uh, on a cartridge, and that impressed Activision a whole hell of a lot. 
And it also impressed a whole lot of other studios because Vicarious Visions became the studio for Game Boy Advance game development. They mm. developed over 30 games for the Game Boy Advance alone, not to mention other games that they ported for other systems over the next five years. Right on. Like, they created all the games for it. <laughs> <laughs> and so in 2005, they were actually acquired by Activision. They would go on to pioneer the Guitar Hero controller for the uh, Nintendo 3DS, you know, the thing that you could actually plug into the uh, to the cartridge and you could play Guitar Hero on your 3DS. I do oh, remember sorry, that. Oh, I have one of those. Those are cool. <laughs> yeah, they, they're the ones that did that, and they're the ones that came up with the idea in order to actually have to do that. Cool. Um, they also found out how to store Guitar Hero DLC on SD cards for the Nintendo Wii, so you could actually download new songs and buy them and actually store them onto something. They, they're the ones that figured out how to do that. And then they even figured out how to swap body parts on Skylander's Swap Force. Oh, okay. Yes, that's <laughs> that's two dragons in a row I've done on, with ties to Skylanders, but I swear it was not done on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, though, the brothers ended up leaving the company in April of 2016, and they formed Velan Studios, whose debut game was with none other than Nintendo. Shock. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> it was released just this last year, and it was Mario Kart Live Home Circuits. Uh, they're the people behind oh, the live Mario Kart game? Ooh. Gosh, yeah. they're just like innovators. They're like the indie scene of innovate- innovators. <laughs> they are. They are. And I didn't even know this because I was like, because I, I knew that they left in 2016. And I was like, all right, you know, what are they doing now? And then when I looked up their names, it was like, uh, you know, Valen Studios. Like, all right, cool. I clicked on their homepage and there's Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. And I was like, oh. (laughs) And then as I read it, you know, then as I read into their background and everything, I was like, oh, no, this makes complete sense why they worked with Nintendo next and why Nintendo had faith in what they were doing. Right, right, right. And so Valen Studios is actually still based in Troy, which is right outside of Albany. They never (laughs) left. They had a contract. Uh, they told them they wouldn't leave. <laughs> Troy is actually a really, really cool city. Yeah, yeah, Troy is great. Actually, Troy is a phenomenal city. And so, you know, while they left their original creation, which was Vicarious Visions, they didn't go far from their home, which mm. is, I think, a great way to, to, to put them. So my hats are off to you, Kardik and Guha Bala. Thank you so much for taking out an ungodly amount of debt to bring us such revolution <laughs> in gaming. <laughs> uh, but yeah, their their story's wild. It's 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 a whole lot of like it was a lot more than I thought it was going to be when I was when I was initially going into them. Yeah, they're um, constantly like that friend who's yeah. like they have like two dollars, but somehow they they keep making it work. It's like they don't have enough money for a car, <laughs> so they turn their motorcycle into a car, and now they're good, or their bicycle into a motorcycle. You're like, wow, yeah. good good job, I guess. Well, that, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and I was like, well, how'd you figure out how to do this? And they're like, oh, well, I met the person who actually made, you know, the engine for this said motorcycle, and he helped me out, you know? It was all great, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> just just happened to live in my hometown. That's a, a good amount of luck, too, I guess. But that's fantastic. Yeah, Man, I love learning yeah. about people in the games industry. Thank you, that's Brian. Great. You're welcome. That'll unfortunately bring us to the end of this week's episode. But you can always find us online. Six days a week, we are on twitch.tv backslash Taste of Dragons. The five of us, joined by our sixth dragon, Hassel, uh, jump into the fray with uh, seven, count them, seven awesome, unique programming opportunities for you to jump in and have some fun with us throughout the week. That is twitch.tv backslash taste of dragons. But the fun doesn't stop there. Make sure to check us out on Instagram to find out when we will be streaming and what we will be streaming at taste of dragons on Instagram. And do not forget to check us out on Twitter. That's where Manda herself has been cultivating a community of indie game developers and the fans that surround them. Manda, do you have an independent game that you would like to share with us that you found this week? Yes, this week I would like to bring you Escape from Naraka. This is something that we found on Twitter just today. This team of indie developers at Zelo Games uh, replicates real-life statues in their game using 3D technology. And the coolest part about that is the statues they're replicating are in Bali. So Hmm. they have this Indiana Jones-style video game where you're escaping from this temple. And all of the statues in the temple are based on actual... Balinese statues. I like indie games. <laughs> I might even say that I love indie games. 
Like, man, being able to do that subject, that's so unique. You can even say we both love indie games. You could say that we, we love, love indie games. games. <laughs> <laughs> but if you enjoyed the show, you can help support us by leaving a rating on whatever podcast platform you are currently listening to us on. And if you feel even more inclined, drop a review for us so we can help make the show even better for you and those out there on top of that. And I think that's it on the social media realm. Brian? back to you well before we sign off we'd actually like to take a moment to give a special shout out to one of our friends that made streaming this week awesome for us and they made us smile and i believe manda has the person we want to give a shout out to our special shout out this week goes to jembeeb for her comment of you may now all change my name to that squirrel character in that rocket game thank you jembeeb for your wit and your comments and for being very upset when we don't emote. <laughs> <laughs> we very true. You. Yes. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, as always, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. Amanda. I'm Lewis. And I'm Joe. And we are The, the Taste of Dragons. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye. I will have a great week. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a squirrel. Taste of Dragons Gaming Podcast. A podcast for everyone's day.